I don't know what it is about the pandemic. Everybody is riding bicycle now. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw your bicycle there. So yeah. a couple of guys were riding bike and they they invited me to come. I'm like, bro, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about that life <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. So today on Life on Purpose, I have um, I have someone that many people already know. He needs no introduction, but one of the ways I like to describe him is the African James Bond, uh, you know, the James Bond of Ebaland, uh, Mr. <laughs> Shea Brown himself. Um, he is he is a comedian. He is an actor. He is a father. He's so many things. Um, and so, um, Mr. Brown, Shea Brown. Um, if you don't mind, sir, just share a little bit about yourself uh, as, as we go through this uh, discussion today, sir. How's everybody doing? Um, I hope everybody's good. I hope you guys are taking good care of yourself. It's holiday season. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas in advance and a prosperous new year. Um, and uh, I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving was two weeks ago, right? Or, yeah. Right. Not too long ago. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my name is Shea Brown. Um, I think I was born with an entertainment name because most people ask me, is that your real name or that's your stage name? Well, I'm like, well, maybe I'm born to do this. There you go. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a third generation Brown. My grandfather was a Brown. My father was a Brown. So I don't know where they got it from, but I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I was born and raised in Lagos, uh, Sue Larry. Then um, I think when I was a teenager, we moved to uh, Okera. Ogba, uh, a suburb of Lagos. Mm -hmm. um, but I completed my secondary school, um, high school in Suleri, Stadium High School, Suleri. I went to Salvation Army Primary School. Mm. And upon graduation uh, from high school, I attended the prestigious University of Ibadan, greatest UI sub school. <laughs> I'm sure there are other people that would disagree, but I, my parents yeah. went to UI, so I can't. Exactly. So Nigeria's first, you know, uh, university, uh, former affiliation of London University, uh, Nigerian version of Harvard, hmm. Cambridge, Stanford, go. whatever you Only. want, you know, <laughs> the bottom, you know. Hey. You yeah, so that's the school. Um, yeah, so I studied philosophy and political science, but I started entertainment uh, in my, I would say my first, was it my first year or second year in college? What happened was um, for our jam by to jam, the MC didn't show up and the hall was filled. So I had to step in. And that's how everybody started calling me from other department. Like, yo, you did a great job. Oh my God. And then other faculties outside of faculty of arts started calling me again. And, you know, it's, I think I just got beat by the entertainment board. And um, yeah, after, uh, uh, my college degree, I went to Calabar to serve. I worked at uh, CRBC, Cross River Castle Corporation. I was a TV host and a radio host. And when I graduated, uh, when I completed my NYS and went back to Lagos, I just started entertainment full time. That's all I've done, you know, my entire life. I don't think I've done anything outside entertainment. I've been yeah. a TV host, radio host. I've been an actor. I featured in a... Yeah. A medical drama series called Doctor's Quarters. Right. Uh, it's like uh, Africa's version of ER or right. I don't know. Yeah. So then 
you know, I also did uh, modeling, uh, runway modeling, commercial modeling. I was going to talk actually, about that. Yes, I was flown to South Africa to shoot a commercial for Glow in 2007. Then in 2008, I relocated to the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And you've been in America since then. You know, you talked about modeling. Interesting, because I stumbled on some old images of you modeling and the outfit they had, it was like this leopard print or something. It was some rich, rich, uh, you know, South mm -hmm. African arts and creative work. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, it was really, some, uh, some uh, hoot couture, you know, like couture fashion show and all that. Yeah, I did runway modeling. I did commercial, TV, radio, print, billboards. I did it all, man. Everything under entertainment. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did uh, acting. I did, uh, did I do voiceover? Maybe once or twice or so. So, yeah, I kind of touched everything in Nigeria. So you, I yeah. So you've been in the entertainment industry for um, how many years? Two decades. We're talking, oh, two decades. That's, yeah. that's I, I think. Professionally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your children that were born then have children now. They're in college now. They're in college. Well, you know, that, obviously, us living in America, you know. Yeah, but by, 20, 20, by 20, 2021, you graduate from college, right? Right, 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 right. So right. about that. So, so you're a true veteran and, and truly appreciate you coming on. I think one of the things about you that I was hoping to share with the audience um, is that, you know, uh, as you shared, you're in an entertainment industry. Um, and, and the topic today is PG rated because, you know, your style of entertainment is unique. There aren't too many people that really are able to um, provide clean entertainment that is family friendly. Mm -hmm. How do you do it? Can you just touch on that? How do you do that? I think uh, it's, it's because you are a product of your upbringing and your environment. Mm -hmm. I, my my dad, my late dad was a pastor, hmm. and my mom, you know, she was more or less a pastor too. She was a pastor's wife, so yeah, more or less. And my mom was a very very strict Christian. You know, she don't she she don't play at all. Hmm. No vulgarity in our home, no curse words, no abusive words. You can't even tell someone that look at your big head, you're hmm. gonna get in trouble. Mm. So, and of course, my mom didn't let us interact with anyone that she feels would be a negative influence. Mm. So we had this triangle of home, school, church, home, school, church, home, school, wow. church, you know. And, you know, we were not even allowed to watch uh, movies. You know, like mm. we had, you know, where you have videos, you can't watch movies right. during the week. We start watching movies on Friday and it ends Sunday night. Wow. Yeah, during the week, you dare not, you know. So, you know, those kind of upbringing by nine, before now you're in bed, you know, um, six o'clock, we're up. So, I mean, that, that's kind of, so because that that's my upbringing, you know, and um, it shaped my life. So, yeah, I, you know, you know, like, you know, that, uh, is it the book of Joshua 1, this book of the uh, Lord child, uh, how do you call it again? Shall, yeah, it shall not depart from your heart. You shall yeah. not depart from your heart. Uh, you shall not depart from your heart with left or right or something. Like, okay. yeah, you shall Man, dwell I on it day and night. Day and night. I shall not yes. depart from your heart. You shall dwell on it day and night. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, so uh, because of what I represent, you know, I have uh, a family name to protect. So I can't mm. just go around mm. doing it because I'm into entertainment and will not start doing uh, 
vulgarity, cuss words, and that. that's not me. Yeah, uh, you know, um, if you do, those who do that, are probably you know, I wasn't, I wasn't raised by the street. Mm. If you're raised by the street, then you can speak the street lingo. I wasn't right. raised by the street. I was mm. raised by street Christian parents. Mm. You know, so I have to, you know, reflect yeah. my background yeah. and upbringing. I appreciate that. That's big. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that I'm I'm hopeful we could double click on and talk about, you know, growing up and most of the folks that listen to the podcast are of African descent, you know, growing up in the African home, you know, there are certain things that are absolute expectations, you know, irregardless of street or not, you know, you'll go to school, you know, oh, you, yeah. you, you, there, there are just some things. And, and one of the things that, you know, back in the day, you know, the, the entertainment world was not necessarily looked on favorably. It was mm-hmm. more so, you know, there are three professions, doctor, lawyer, engineer. Maybe you and, manage and accountants. accountants. Maybe you manage accountants, number four in there, right? You know, so mm-hmm. those were the professions, right? And, but, but today, you know, we, we celebrate, you know, the creative arts. We celebrate all of that. Can you touch on maybe how your upbringing you know, what kind of factors did that have and what advice would you give to, you know, those that are raising children that might lean in that creative world right now? Um, what I'll advise is that, you know, God has equipped every human being with their gifts. Mm. And when you watch your kids grow up, they will exhibit those, those gifts. So you as a parent is to be... Um, vigilant or i'll say be attentive to it and make sure that you encourage it you understand like for my kids i noticed that the first my first daughter and my second daughter they love entertainment Mm. one wants to be an actress the other one wants to be second to want to be an actress she wants to be a broadway actress the one wants to be she wants she loves fashion she wants to be uh, an actress and a fashion designer and she designs clothes and she makes she's very good with um arts and crafts you understand mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah, you know, my yeah. last daughter because i have three girls she wants to be a veteran no 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 uh, yeah yeah that takes care veterinarian. of animals yeah yeah so sorry a veterinarian she right. wants to be a veterinarian. She wants to. She wants to play the piano. Oh, nice. She said she would like to play the piano, and you know they, they tell you what they want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think we as parents are not to say no. You are not going to be this. You have to be that. No, let them flow with what they want to be. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up because I was the first son. Yeah, I wanted to be a doctor. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be a doctor too. Mm-hmm. But deep in my heart, I enjoy. I think it was. My dad's because my dad enjoyed going to the cinema and he used to take us. Mm. And so since I was small, I've been exposed to this large screen. I see, you know, we watch a lot of my dad was a fan, big fan of Chinese movies mm. and um, Indian movies and James Bond. So if you want to know where the James Bond thing came I from, I know James so Bond on my ballad. <laughs> the James Bond bug. I my first um when my dad bought his I remember when my dad bought his video, Panasonic video um, recorder in 82. Um, he, bought, he bought it from England. The, the mm-hmm. five movies that came with, Enter the Dragon, The Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, wow. James Bond, Roger Moore, On a yep. Majesty's Secret Service, 
You James only Bond. live twice. James Bond. Your eyes only. James Bond. Diamonds are forever. James Bond. A view to a kill. Oh, I don't know that one. Is that James Bond? That's that another one? James Bond. Oh, I didn't know that last one. So, oh, yeah. So, the, my name is Bond. James Bond. So, James then... James Bond. Yes. Growing <laughs> up, if you wanted to ask me, what's your name? I would say, my name is Brown. Shea Brown. Shea yeah. Brown. There you That's go. So, <laughs> I've always... In fact, there was a time in my life that I thought I was going to be a... A, prof- a, a spy, an international yeah. spy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, and I used to read a lot of James Hadley Chase and you know other spy nobles and all. So I was influenced by that. My dad right. taking me to the cinema. Then when he bought, you know, um, the video recorder and uh, is it national TV, color TV? Hmm. Then. Uh, so we used to watch, I used to watch a lot of Chinese movies, Indian movies, and uh, a lot of 007 series. Right. You know, so I just saw myself as a spy. Yeah. End of the Dragon. That, that, you took me way back with those movies. Now, yeah. uh, I don't know, have you seen the latest James Bond? Of no course. Time to Die? Of course. So I, I, you shots, I don't know what to say, right? Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But yeah. I, 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 I Mm, I'm without words. Let me just stop there. I don't know what you want to say because <laughs> I just don't like the idea of James Bond dying. Why? Why? Can you imagine? You understand? Who, 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 who does, does that? that? <laughs> why would you? Why would like, you kill? The only time uh, you only live twice. Yeah. You only live twice. Now it, it's not about just about James Bond movies. Yeah. But the the theme song for the movies. You know. It's it's, it's man. It's I, I think Classic. I think I think you only live twice of all the James Bond theme songs. Right. Um, you only live twice. Goldfinger mm-hmm. for your eyes only. Only, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Those songs, like anytime I hear them, some of them give me crazy nostalgia. I am like, telling uh, you, Goldfinger. I I. My wife couldn't believe I was up for at least two hours after we watched it, and she's like, Are you okay? I'm like, Who does that? Like, I don't understand. Do they not Why understand what they've done? I, I mean, if we die now, let me tell you, if 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 that is his last James Bond, let it be his last, but don't kill the don't crap. Know. You know what I'm Just saying? tell us is that's the end, you know what I mean? Anyway, um, I'm sorry. For uh, your eyes only. I know, right? For then, your eyes only. And then they tell only for you. Can you imagine? Then, uh, um, you only live twice. Then yeah. the man with the golden, golden gun. gun. Mr. Scaramanga. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Scaramanga. Man, yeah. don't give me, don't give it. You make me start crying now, man. No, you're not alone, bro. You're not alone because I, 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 oh, I, I used to I watch you with my you dad. Know, you know, you know how they, uh, you know, at the end of the movies where they have the credits. Mm-hmm. My wife got up and was going to the room. She said, "Why are you sitting?" I'm like, "I'm waiting for them to finish the credits so that they can tell me." It His body really not die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like who does that? Anyway, so let's let's kind of just move a little bit from that, and it's painful enough to talk about. Mm-hmm. One of the things about comedy is comedy is um, it's also social commentary, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's you know addressing real life situations yeah. in ways that others might be easy to digest. Talk a little bit about that and how how that is important for the society. 
the reason why I love comedy is um, there's something magical about it. You know, the ability to come into a room or a place and light up the mood. Right. You know, or someone is down. Someone is down, but your presence, bring, no matter how bad it is, brings smile, um, a smile to their face. Um, or they just say, oh my God, this person is down. Okay, just call this person. We know that once that person, this person comes, the, the mood will, you know, like lighten up and all that. So my dad was a great influence too. That's another, you know, that's another. My dad was a very good, my dad was one of the funniest human beings I've met in my entire life, period. Even as so, a pastor, isn't that even beautiful? As a pastor. And he's, he's the reason why throughout my primary school, I never came second in Bible knowledge. Mm. Because mm. the way he taught us the Bible, he taught us the Bible with his humor. And mm. we'll tell you as, as if, you know, just imagine, you know, the way we just talked about James Bond movies now. Right. That's the way my dad t- teaches wow. you the Bible. Wow. Like he puts all the drama in it. Like you, you look, you, when, it, when it teaches you Bible. Uh, You'll be asking, knowledge. and then daddy, what happened? And then what you, happened? You, you, you feel as if you're watching a movie. And right. it put some humor and all that and all that. So it will be hard for you to forget. So there is no way you will ask me any question in the Bible. Do you know, till now, I've not taken time to read the Bible to remember from beginning to the end, like most people have done. Right. But I will say I've always called it bad, bad, eh? seven over 10, or eight mm. over 10, or nine over 10, you know, in some cases. On BK. Right. When it comes right. to Bible knowledge. I didn't do uh, Bible knowledge in secondary school, but I said mm. I had a C4 when I wow. took it because I wanted some. I, I, I didn't, I never took it in second, uh, in SS one, two, and three. Because I was took it for YX still. I took it for YX and I passed C4. Wow, 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 wow. That's, that's oh, yeah. impressive. So you were talking so, about yeah. how. So the yeah. thing about comedy is the ability to, it, it feels like you're a, you're a healer, you know. Yeah. Because you know, you know how the Bible says laughter is medicine. So mm-hmm. you you feel like you're a healer, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, people are sick and you know, you just come there and heal them. Because I remember there was a time I went to a church in Chicago, and this woman was Filipino. I didn't know that she had lost someone, but I went there, did my thing, people were cracking up, and she came to tell me thank you after you know mm-hmm. the minister just said, I lost my brother two weeks ago and I've not laughed since. This is my Aww. first time. You know, so when you hear those testimonies, those kind of, you know, like testimonies that people give, and I've, I've performed at event where I see people crying, like, you know, it tears of joy. From laughter. Their face. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Like, yeah. man, who is this guy? So, please, this guy should go away. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, and I've right. seen stuff where I just get in the room and people, oh, yeah, people's faces just light up. Oh, my God, he has come. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you bring joy to people. That's the thing about comedy. And I like, it's almost like second nature for me right now. You know, one of the things about you that I know and, and I want to point out is, you know, because, and you've already alluded to it, you're, you're a person of faith in practice as well. And, and you, you, it's evident that you give honor to whom honors do. And, you know, when, when pastors have events and whatnot, you know, um, you're, you're one of the first names they call. And, yeah. you know, and it's partly because a few things, you clean comedy, relatable, but you know, there's got to be more to it. What 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 is what is it about you that draws you know, all the strong faced pastor to you either way? <laughs> well, uh, w- one of the first things I learned um, about comedy, um, three no, uh, well, first few things I- I'll say the three things I learned. Number one, cultural relevance. Mm. 
you know, either cultural relevance or religious relevant relevance or situation situational relevance. Mm. You know, you have to study the situation and make sure that what you are saying is appropriate. Number one, then um, um, be politically correct. Yeah. You know, some people will say, "Oh, they want to crack church uh, because you feel it's church joke," but your joke, even though it's a church joke, is attacking the personality of the pastors or the church members. Mm. You don't do that. Right. It's just like someone coming to your house and they are making fun of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you, you have to be a special kind of person to laugh at someone just coming to your house to make fun of you. <laughs> and someone you're paying, you understand? Right. Say, hey, and the past, exactly. You know, you say, hey, pastors. No, there are other jokes that you can crack. Right. And number three is... Uh, constantly reinventing yourself mm. like mm. a lot of you know people will say you know what i've seen you over 10 times and you have not repeated anything mm. um and you're always coming with something new how do you do it and this actually happened um last was it last week or two weeks ago i can't remember mm. I, I was at an event and somebody said they, people were threatening me that look oh we don't want we want you to do something new tonight i said well that's what you want. I was, okay, when I was in Mexico, mm. because I did the, uh, he was a pastor. I did okay. his 40th birthday, so he just clocked 50. Mm. So they called me again. They said, ah, remember all your jokes from 10 years ago because we're still cracking your joke. So you have to give us something new that will be cracking for the next 10 years. And I, right. said, I said, don't worry, the Lord will speak through me. Mm-hmm. So and the thing about it is that um, another gift as a, of a comedian is you have to be spontaneous. You have to be able to pick up stuff that you see around you and just mix it up. You know, the way they say Jay-Z doesn't write his lyrics. Right, right. He just mix up like that. It yeah, just so comes comedian, out, yeah. As yep. a comedian, you need to have that gift. It's a gift you must have. You have to be able to improvise. You have to be able to use the moment to bring something funny and all that. Mm-hmm. So that and just, you know, just being politically correct, knowing yeah. the right thing to say at the right time, being religiously correct, being, you know, uh, uh, constantly reinventing yourself, you know, right, right, and just giving them something new all the time. And of course, at the end of the day, these people are paying you. Make them feel good, right, right. Make them feel good. Yeah. So that's also. you know, those are the, all the factors. Because what I do is I ask myself, what will make me want to hire someone again and again? What mm-hmm. is the person? What What are the things the person will say? You know, and you know, you have to show them that you're intelligent. You have to show them that you're you're the best of your game, and you have to give them their money's worth. In fact, right. more than their money's worth. Right, right. You, you do have a point. They they want to feel like they got a bargain from mm-hmm. your presence. So a fantastic bargain. Yeah, yeah. So okay, solid. You know, one of the things you touched on is um, being politically correct. You know, and and you've spoken to diverse audiences. You talked about the Filipino lady. You've spoken, obviously, to the African community, the African-American, all sorts of community. And and not to be stereotypical, but what would you say the toughest crowd has been that you've, you've, you've had to entertain? And it just it just took a little bit more to pull it out of there. Well, anytime you're performing for a foreigner, because, you know, you're, everybody's comfortable. Right. Everybody's comfortable in their, you know, um, in their uh, cultural perspective, I cultural guess. Cultural settings, you know, your, but when, once you step out of your cultural 
comfort comfort mm-hmm. zone mm-hmm. it's always you know like a, a bit of a challenge right because mm-hmm. you don't know that's where cultural relevance come in mm-hmm. you don't know what you say to yeah. them that will offend them and you don't want to offend them right you don't know what you say that might even make them laugh you don't know if this punchline is the same then yeah. there's also some lingos you know like let me give you an example. When I went to UK for the first time, London to, to perform for the first time, mm-hmm. even though they are like Nigerian, British Nigerian, you know, audience. Right. Their lingos are different. They don't call uh, GPS, GPS in London. They call it SAP now. So if you want to crack a joke and your punchline is GPS, and you say GPS, only those of them who are familiar with American English will know that you're talking about SAP now. Ah. just looking at you like, man. Because if you tell me yeah. satnav, I don't know what satnav is. Satellite navigation. No satnav is yep. it's called satellite navigation. That's what they call okay. their own GPS. Okay, now you know cookies is candy. Uh, is uh, what cookies biscuit is what or something. biscuit exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. Sweet is candy. Yeah. You know, so if you're cracking a joke and those are your punchlines, you need to be able to you know um, go in and out of you know those different cultures and be able to you know. Uh, crack, you know, uh, hits the direct, the serious uh, punchlines. So, you know, those are, you know, some of the examples. So that's where cultural relevance come, come in. So anytime I'm performing for Americans, I make sure that, okay, I know, okay, the slangs, these are the American slangs that you have to use. Like these are their own punchline. And they might find this funny or they might not find it funny. Like I know that jokes on animals, mm. animal brutality, Americans mm. are finding funny. <laughs> we might Meanwhile, find it funny as in an Nigerian. African environment. It's... Yes, we might find it funny as Nigerian, but Americans don't find it funny. Right. You understand? Right. Yeah, so right. there are so many things like that. that so is... you have to know those things. So you have to, be, you know, know what makes them laugh. Yeah. You know. So okay. those, are, those are just the little child. I remember when I first started performing for Americans, I noticed that, man, I don't have, I'm, come on, I don't have as much impact on them as I have on Nigeria. And I realized that we have different cultures. So right, you got to right. start um, studying their culture to know the right thing to say at the right time. and know when to put the punchline. Because I was there was a time I was performing for Americans. I had not even reached my punchline. They were laughing. So I realized that, okay, what I said was a punchline for them. Mm. You understand? They found out yeah. funny. So right. I had to make sure that I, I made the mental note so that next time I'm performing, I would uh, use that as punchline. Use that as and as that pause to the punchline. Exactly, pause there, do a punchline, and bam. Okay. So those are some okay. of the challenges you might have when you're like if you're performing for Jamaicans, right? You have to say, okay, what do we have in common with the Jamaicans? They, mm-hmm. Our parents are probably similar. Yeah. So we are probably raised the same way. Our right. parents are probably no nonsense parents and all that, you know. So you tell, you know, dances and music and you know. So you know, you have to make sure. Okay, all right, fine. You know the audience. You know, as you were talking about this, again, being being a comedian, a social commentary, you're also an ambassador for, you know, the culture in which you be, you belong to. So yeah. can you touch on how that is important and, and, and use the opportunity to also talk about, you know, your Netflix uh, special. By the way, congratulations. That's, that's Thank huge, you. huge, huge. Not Thank you know, you. doing big, big things with Nigerian-American. So yeah. touch on on being an ambassador and and then touch on you know what's in Nigerian American for for some of us that haven't seen it since we're in this American world. Though. I don't know mm. Netflix America. It will come. It will come. Don't mind Netflix. They'll <laughs> <laughs> bring it. All right. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, whether you like it or not, 
whether you, you know, if you leave your country and live in another country, you are a potential ambassador of your country. Mm. And you are nothing without your identity or your cultural background. You're not, if you take your cultural background away, and that is some of the issue that African Americans, African Americans are having, because, you know, they were stripped of their language, they were stripped of their religion, they were stripped of their culture, they are stripped of their names. And it became a big challenge, you know, where they have a, you know, some bit of cult, uh, uh, identity problem, right? So as a Nigerian living in America, I'm a Nigerian American, and my pride is my cultural background. So I'm always, you know, proud to talk about it. And um, everybody's already something else. So you have to be you. Mm. You understand? And that's yep. what makes you unique. I can't say I'm African-American. I can't say I'm British. I can't say I am anything else. I'm Nigerian, whether the image is right or not. It's not left for, to me to launder the image of Nigeria properly and sell it to the world. Because what we were buying from the Western world is because they sold their culture to us. We liked it and we vibed it. So it's the same thing. Um, I sell my culture to the world. Look at the way Afrobeat is a global, you know, global. phenomenon right now. Global. Exactly. So our, our movies, global too. Yep. Yep. So now the next focus is Nigerian comedy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud and I'm happy that I became the first Nigerian to have his Netflix special. Oh. You know, oh. and we it can only get better from Amen. here. Amen. The next one is going to be a global deal by God's grace. Amen. We're already Amen. working on it. It's halfway done. Uh, by by by, it should be ready by the first quarter, and awesome. I think by by second quarter it should be out. Awesome, God willing, God willing. You, one of the things you touched on, and um, you know, by the time this is uh, this is aired, uh, my second book. Um, charge forward regardless will be out and in my first chapter of that second book I talk about you know the value of studying the past the value of studying the past and I cite a few uh, statistics I share that 19 billion dollars was spent in 2019 just on global gene mapping in other words people who want to go back to identify their roots to know their history and go to the past they spent $19 billion. It is projected that the spend will be $82 billion. We're talking about 23andMe, Ancestry.com, and all of that. And that is global, um, that's like the gross domestic product of a country like Zambia. That's a lot of money. You know? yeah. and, and so, you know, you're right. There's a there's a handful of people who, who still want to connect to their past to understand where they're going in the future. Um, and for us who are blessed to know our recent past, we um, shouldn't take it for granted. We should celebrate yeah. it and we should encourage others to, to do the same. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, you know, that's something I tell my kids too that they should be proud of. Um, and, you know, their dad is African. Yeah. So, I mean, they already have, you know, their heritage, they have their right. cultural background, they know where they're from, they don't need to do any access, you know. They yeah. know their names, they know the meaning of their names and yeah. all that. Even though, you know, we still have brown, but we have our local names. Yeah. That's why yeah. I didn't give them, you know, their first names and their middle names, uh, you know, Yoruba and Arabic. Since they already have brown. 
You understand? There you go. I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. Um, I have one last question. You know, you already teed it up a little bit by telling us your next project is coming in the first to second quarter of 2022. What else can the, the listeners expect from uh, Mr. Brown, Shady Brown? I'm also working on a series. Um, um, what's it called? Uh, an Instagram series called uh, Diary of an African Dad. Okay. Solid. And, and that is uh, my experience as an African raising his kids in America. Oh. And so my kids, we, we experienced a lot of cultural difference because they go to school and they experience the American life, but they notice that when they, when they get home, it's like they are, they, are, they are in Africa. <laughs> the temperature is different. You understand? <laughs> they eat African food. They right. live African way of life. They have longer prayers. It's definitely <laughs> spicy. And their right. dad acts weird sometimes. You know? <laughs> like, uh, I remember my dad telling me that um, she noticed that when she asked me to take off the tag in her clothes, I use my teeth. I use my teeth to open the bottle and I crack bones. <laughs> That she, you know, she's 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 going to have sleepover at her friend's place, and she knows that that dad, their dad uses an opener and uses a scissors. Uses a scissors. Stuff. <laughs> their prayers are shorter, and their food is not as spicy, and he doesn't make some weird noises like ah. ah, 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 ooh, ah. I mean, she's like, uh, "Daddy, is are you an alien? Is there something with me?" You know? So. And you know, yeah, I don't, I don't let them use the left hand to give me stuff. So I was like, why? Yep, I'm like, because yeah. we use our left hand to yep, you know, yep, clean the yep. bum bum. She was like, Daddy, how you know I use my left hand to clean my bum? I'm like, you better start using you your left hand. You better use your left hand. That's awesome. So diary of an African dad. Yeah, awesome. she says, you know, she yeah, she feels, man, there's something weird about my dad. You know, some things that you know, like maybe the American American parents, uh, our friends, uh, parents would allow them. I say, nope, it's not your time. She wanted the phone. I'm like, nope, until you are so so age. She wanted a TikTok account. Nope. She wanted to go for sleepover. I said, no, on or to we do their background check. We don't know where you're going. <laughs> she said she wanted to go to uh, there's this place called Redwood Redwood Tree in Northern California, okay. where they have trees as old as the time of Jesus Christ. Oh wow, two thousand years old. There's a tree that is wow. so big that cars can pass through it. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. how big it is. And I told her, I said, I don't believe those are normal trees. They're not ordinary. They are, they are, they are <laughs> that, those if trees I mean, are not normal. You know, nah, they can, any tree that above 50 years is not, they have spirits living in them. I am not, I'm not going with you people. Oh, and I'm not, I love no. it. <laughs> that is and the truth. She's like, well, why is my dad? She says she wants to go parasailing. I said, what is happening on the ground? What have we going? finished? Have we finished the adventure on the ground that you are going to the air? No. Oh, we exploring. I already, Earth. I already risk my life traveling every week in the air. I'm not parasailing. That see, <laughs> Yorubas will say, uh, when when you overfeed, you start looking for ways to poke <laughs> your belly. You know? Yes, sir. Parasailing is looking for ways to poke your belly. Here, oh. no, I'm not parasailing. I'm not bungee jumping. I am not flying Sorry, from speak, anything. Speak that tongue. It's, what is it to you? Beku. Beku. Uh, tell about John. Tell about John. You don't have my wife. Beku. 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 That's uh, it. <laughs> so when, when, yeah. when, when, when you are overfed, you start looking yep. for ways to poke your belly. Right, 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 right. 
so awesome. That is awesome, bro. So it'd be good to. Yeah, I yeah, think that folks would get a good laugh out of that, especially for some of us that are likewise. You know, my my children are seven, four, and five months, uh, six months now, and so long way to go on that. Uh, I look forward to that. Oh yeah, they are watching you. Don't worry, they will just come out one day. Like, Yo, dad. But well, maybe <laughs> I don't know how long you've been in America. I came here uh, in my thirties. Let's see, almost 20 years now. Actually, exactly. Yeah, I've I'm, I'm only been here 10, 13 years. Yeah. I know I came yeah, in my but, 30s. But so I was I already still, molded. Yeah. I was already super molded, man. <laughs> super molded. And my daughter wonders why I eat Eba for breakfast. I'm like, that's what I feel like eating. <laughs> you know, and she says, the portion of the food I eat is much that, you know, the, 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 that that's when he ate only two slices of bread, but I can finish a whole loaf. A whole loaf. I said, well, <laughs> Believe me, that loaf is even small. If our, I, our bread, it's because I'm trying to they diet. used to cut it. It was a whole bread. Where we you understand now? I give bread. You know. Wow! Wow! Solid! Solid! All right, I got one last question. It's a signature question, and it is very simple. What would you tell a 21-year-old Dave Brown about the future? Like, what advice would you give a 21-year-old Dave Brown about the future? I would just tell him to follow his dreams mm. passionately. Mm. Follow your dreams passionately. Don't be mm. afraid mm. to take any step, you know? Yeah, yeah. Follow your dreams passionately. Don't be afraid to take the steps and don't procrastinate. Right. Hmm. Yeah. All your dreams. Don't be afraid to take any steps and don't procrastinate. Wow. Don't. Those those are big things, uh, especially since you've you've lived the year. So. Yeah.